Today I'm here with Drew Goddard, screenwriter. Hello. Um, what's like when you like introduce yourself? You're like I'm Drew Goddard from X. Like, what do you say? I, I I'm trying to get people to say Bon Vivant. Okay, so you're a Bon Vivant, yes, Drew Goddard. That's right. That's cool. Right. That sounds good. Perfect. You, yeah. But just in case in case it's not enough information, you worked on The Martian. You worked on um, so many things that yeah, people love. Lost. Buffy. Buffy. Buffy Angel. Lost. We're gonna to come to this at the end, but like you have worked in a vortex of beloved things. I have. I've it's been pretty very amazing lucky with my career, for sure. I'm, I'm sure it's more than luck. We can discuss that later. Great. But first, I want to talk about the real world road rules challenge, now just called the challenge. Nothing could make me happier. It premiered um, two nights ago. Yep. This is Friday, May sixth. It came out on on Wednesday, May 4th, really interesting move this year. The challenge has begun before the real world season has ended. Yeah, and I, I'm sure that was not. Um, they didn't, I'm sure that was planned, but it feels like it's because they weird. knew that this real world season was subpar. I guess, I haven't even watched it. It's in Las Vegas, right? It's rough. Okay. Let's talk about that later as okay. well. But first the challenge. Great. So it's Rivals 3. We're in Mexico. Yep. I feel great about Mexico as a location. It's a wonderful location. Because it, it gives you, look, it looks beautiful. It does. But it feels like trouble. Like it, you feel like <laughs> trouble can happen in Mexico, which is what you want out of a challenge. Sure. And we also have the bonus of TJ really working on his Spanish. So they're in, they're, <laughs> do you know the name of the city that they're in? No. It's like Huatuco. Oh. But C, TJ has really like mastered the pronunciation. He said it like several times. And it, he doesn't usually do that. So, I, you know, TJ, I keep wanting to call him CJ, even though he's been in my life for so many years. He got into a really bad biking accident a few years ago, right. and I feel like he's now fully recovered. He's giving the show his everything. Yeah, I actually feel like he's more powerful than ever. Like, oh, he, yeah. Like, it broke him down and built him back up. Yeah. Because so- he, he feels strong. And we should talk about the – one of my favorite moments is always when you see – you know, this season on mm-hmm. right away, TJ screaming, what is wrong with you, bro? At somebody. And we don't know who that is. <laughs> yes. already, I'm, I'm more excited to find out who he's screaming at. The, this season on was really tantalizing. Really strong, right? It seems so. Someone will be going to the hospital. Yep. Someone gets kicked. At least one person gets kicked out. Yep. I think there's probably going to be a physical altercation. It sounded like TJ was genuinely disappointed yeah. in the person, which is always good. That means something because TJ's seen a lot of disappointing things. So for him to actually sound disappointed and surprised, I, who knows what that could be. It had to be more than just quitting a competition, right. which is usually what gets him upset. But this seemed like he was like a human TJ was like, nah, I can't get down with that. Yeah. And it felt like viol- I, my guess is my prediction is violence of some kind because it sounded really disgusted. But he's seen some disgusting violence. So who knows? I'm so excited <laughs> he's, yeah, what this could possibly to, be. He's lived through CT beating up Adam, Durrell, Multiple times. Brad. Yeah. Just punching. Um, who did he punch in the face when he just said, yo, bro, can you take a punch and hit him? Oh, I forgot with, about that. It's amazing. It was, it was like for no reason. Just hit a guy for no reason. I kind of miss CT. He, I would have liked him on this on this season. What do you mean kind of? I mean, I definitely. I miss CT all the time <laughs> in everything I do. How much do you keep up with these people in between seasons? I don't. I don't. It's uh, a great question. I try not to. Okay. Because I like to watch these seasons fresh. Like come in. I like in. to come in fresh. Because if you know too much, it pollutes the view. Sure. It's like it's like too many spoilers. I, I don't right. like, like you know want, these things. It's like their their pre, their their presentation on the challenge is kind of like 
that's like their persona. You don't want the outside information. That's right. And But we live in Los Angeles. Right. And so you can't drive down Sunset and not be passing the Saddle Ranch at some point. <laughs> right. That's like ground there. zero for them. Always. I've never been. Have you? I've never been. I, I feel like I know what it looks like in my head. I know that there's a mechanical bull there, right? Right. And in my mind, Cara Maria is always there. For, for me, it's Robin is always there. Okay, yeah. Like Robin just seems like she's like the hostess. Yes. She's also like probably the best bull rider. She's working her way up. Yeah. One day she'll be manager. Like it, it gives her time to go to auditions. So she does it at night. But the truth is, it's her home. She's always, there's always been like rumors about Robin out in the ether of like being like, not anymore. Cause she's like married and she's a mom. But when she was like really big in this world, there were always rumors that she was like, just like a big partier. And so that's why I just imagined her at the saddle ranch. And by rumors, do you mean that's what we overtly see all the time? Because <laughs> yeah, yes. just on the show, Robin yeah. is, is one of the queens of the, of the hot mess. Real all World stars. San Diego is like one of the best seasons. San Diego one that San, she was on. San Diego one, San Diego two, one of the worst, I, I would argue. That's true, but it gave us so much challenge talent. Correct. That's how like, we got crazy Frank. Frank, Zach. Yeah. Zach is a first round draft pick now for challenges. And what was the name of the blonde that Zach dated when he was on the show? Ashley. She was an Ashley, I yep. think. They're all right. Ashley. I, that was that's probably the the largest discrepancy between challenge talent. Yeah. And quality of the actual real world it's so show true. because there's so much talent, but the show itself not great. Yeah. The only one that is like, that is similar is Real World Chicago. Yes. But also that was a great season. I don't. Uh, it was it was the 9/11 season. Yeah, no, I, it, I thought it was an okay season. Interesting. But but I agree with you 100 percent because it, yeah. it gave us Tanya and Anissa and Anissa. Which who, is right if you there. Just look at just the amount of years they have given us. Two heavyweights. Yep. Uh, they're both long gone, but we have a lot of faces coming back this season that I was excited to see. And one thing they did was so when everyone came on screen, they on their Chiron on the bottom of the screen, how many challenges they've been on and the best they've ever done. Which is why did it take all these years to bring that? I loved it so much, and it, what it did is it legitimized finally the sport. Like it <laughs> it's feels true. like it feels like analytics are starting to take it's over true. what we're doing here because now I could look at it and go, oh. If you look at it, what was it? Johnny, Johnny's, Johnny's stats have always been, we've always known they're amazing. Yeah, he's been but on nine times, of, won five times. That's crazy. Yeah, that's an that's that like incredibly high percentage. win percentage. I don't think there's like any NBA parallel of anything no. as good. No. I just hope that next season we'll have Paul D. Podesta as like an executive <laughs> producer of the show. Moneyball has really arrived. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about Johnny, but first, Camilla, she's back. Thank God. She has one win, I think thanks to Johnny, right? Yeah, she does. And let me ask you this, um, as you go through this. Yes. Who were the people you were most excited to see? Number one was Wes. I'm so happy Wes is back. Wes is like great television. Who oh. was your number one? My number one is, uh, I have two. I'm going to give you two answers. One, my the one the person who surprised me the most. Okay. Because I wasn't expecting to see this person and I was so excited to see her. But my number one is Leroy because Leroy uh. is my favorite, not just my favorite um cast member he's my i think he's my favorite person of all time ever he's the greatest yes my friend david jacoby feels the same way he's the greatest i mean i (laughs) i sometimes go back part of this i i contend that the first his season of real world oh yeah las vegas yeah is the greatest season of the real world that was like the 25th season i think it's it was really good from top to bottom it is it is it is insanely great and part of that is because leroy is so wonderful so leroy i'm always excited to see but you know who i was really excited to see ashley Ashley from San Ashley. Francisco Explosion. Speaking of hot messes, oh my God. She How was, great was her seat? She was so good. I think she lasted three episodes. Yeah, I think it was like less than two weeks. It was great. And she came in 
having learned absolutely nothing. Nothing. It's the best. I, she might have been like put in a box in between that and now, and she was just like waiting for her moment. Yep. I wonder who was like, let's get Ashley back. Because so she's paired with Corey, yep. who was from her season, and like they had a fight on their show. But like I'm sure Corey hasn't thought about Ashley in like a really long time. He's probably like, oh, right, her. And I wonder like if they just were, they wanted Corey and they had to find a partner for him or vice versa. Yeah, you can tell when they're trying to force conflict. Yeah. As we go through the teams, there's a couple that really stand out. Yeah. If you've watched the show, you're like, that. they're, they're not real rivals. No. And Corey and Ashley are not real rivals, but I'm happy to have them both. I really like Corey. I don't know why, but I just really enjoy him. Without question. And one of my favorite things is when uh, teammates who had conflict suddenly become best friends. Yes. And him immediately in this episode saying, I got Ashley, I got her back. Yeah. You're just like, okay, I love this team. <laughs> and Ashley had the kind of the salacious scene of the week where she went into the bathroom with Jamie, Car Maria's cousin. No Car Maria this time. Yep. And Corey was like the most excited. He was like so happy that she was like getting some action. And I think it was, his excitement was important for her uh, frame of mind. Because one of the things that, if you watch these shows a lot, you notice that can happen is the first person to hook up can get shamed by yes. everyone else, particularly if they're new. Particularly if they're new, they're sort yes. of like chum to the water. And Corey saying, no, it's fine, good for her, led to hers coming out and saying, um, I'm going to do it again. Yeah, she's like, that was God fun, I'll do it again. Oh. Yeah, so th so I think that's, we can safe to assume she'll be here for a few weeks. They can't I, let her go. I hope so. Yeah, Please. seriously. So, okay, so she hooked up with uh, Jamie, who is, we met last season, Car Maria's cousin. Turns out Jamie's a corrections officer. Did you know that? I did not. That was really threw me for a loop. That's right. And then I could only see him as like a version of an Orange is the New Black character after that. And he just was so goofy. Like he was, I think he was shocked that Ashley was interested in him. And he was just like, he was trying to land his, his like one liners so hard in the interviews. And I was just like, this guy is a total clown. It's always sad when you can feel them trying to land one liners. Yeah. He like, was like, I'm here for like something, something and to bang senoritas. And I was just yeah, like, come on, Jamie, dude. Come on. <laughs> like that's something that a character on Orange is the New Black Correct. would say. Correct. You're trying to hard. Just be you. Yeah. We like you for you. Just like, do it. It's he's okay. He's basically porn stash to me now. <laughs> that's the only way I can think of him. <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm, it seems like he has a whole new personality that Car Maria around. It's true. He's and really coming out of his shell. It seems like he might have been scared of Car Maria and probably Abram last season. I'm scared of Abram me last too. season. I think we all are. We, so yes, I, definitely. I totally I'm not going to judge Jamie for being scared. No, it was totally justified. Um, Camilla, who I mentioned, her partner okay, is Tony. Okay, but Tony. hang on. While we're talking about Camilla. Yeah, we just need to mention that she's an entrepreneur now. And owns a spa in, in Miami. Miami. Do you think Dwayne Wade goes there? Not, I'll tell you who's going to go there, and that's Drew Goddard. Because <laughs> I, 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 cannot, I cannot imagine what that spa is like. That feels like a reason to take a trip. To go find Absolutely. out. Absolutely. When you think of like tranquility and like calmness, you do not think of Camilla. Yeah. If anybody needs an investigative reporter to just go and tell you what Camilla spas like, I'm on the case. I'll work for free. I feel that's really good to know. We great. might send you. Great. Especially if you're going for free. That's that just yeah. sounds I'll like a pay, great idea. I'll pay my own fee. I like that she was like, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur and I'm gonna get into the spa business. That's, you know, first shout out to her for not going for the t-shirt business, which is the obvious one in the challenge world. Yep. But this just seems like really hard. There's not a lot of successful spas. Like that's why, you know, they come and go. It seems like a really high barrier to entry. Like, could it even be a nice spa? Also, well, here's the thing. When I think of spa, 
the, the thing you want out of a spa, right, is calm. Yes. That is the last thing I associate with Camila. Right. Like, it's the last thing. She is, she's fiery. Maybe she's that's trying to, I love like, about her. become calm, and that's I, why she's embarked on this. I hope so, but in my mind, she blows her top once a day at the at spa. Least. I would it's not want to work for her. massage. She'll, oh, yeah, she'll lose her mind and scream, you will die as somebody. <laughs> And it's about, I, I would pay so much money to go to that spa and have Camilla yell at me. She, you know, a few years ago, like, was so drunk that she just, like, was walking on the patio. She just walked into the pool without even thinking about it. And I think that has been used in every episode, every season, whether she's on the show or not. Like, showing, like, how crazy it can get. Yeah. That one Camilla moment. They actually show two over and over. And her screaming, you will die. Oh, like yeah. Like an exorcist possesses her. <laughs> and throwing the chair really it's hard. The greatest. She's just great TV. I, so I love her so She's much. back. She's partnered with Tony. He needs his he needs his own, like, exegesis. So we're going to come back to him. Great. But Johnny Riley also back. And he says that all he's been doing is been eating Twinkies and playing World of Warcraft in his mom's basement. Uh, his partner is Jessica from Portland, yep. his former roommate. Um, she sucks. Uh, yeah, I'm not excited about her. No. And and <laughs> I here's one of my problems, because you know who I do love? I love Avery. Oh, yeah. I don't know why, why. How do you not put Avery and Johnny together? I think something really bad happened between I, them. Correct. And that's why I want to see them work together. <laughs> right? But like, I wonder if it's like almost like dangerous to put them together. Oh, interesting. Because I feel like I, I don't want to like accuse anyone of anything, but I could just see that getting out of hand. Like I could see that just being too... Like, too combustible. Yeah, you're probably right. Avery is on the show, though. But, yeah. And she's been, like, basically avoiding Johnny and vice versa. And teamed with Leroy, who, on paper, that might be my favorite team oh, yes. of all time. Um, I think Avery and Wes seem like they're headed for a hookup. And oh, Avery right. and Kellyanne really look alike to me. Like, Avery is, like, the new school Kellyanne, and Kellyanne and Wes famously dated. So, Wes yeah. has a type. I feel like I wish... And you may know this better because you follow. Do we know if Avery's single right now? I don't know, actually. I wish that was included in the stats at the beginning. It should just so be. I know where, what to expect. That's a great here, note. You know? Yeah, because just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean you want to hook up with someone, but like it just adds a level of gravity if you do. Exactly. That's a great note. We got to pass it along to Buna Murray. <laughs> Um, okay, so Jessica, who is Johnny's partner, she recently moved to L.A. to be a chef. So we could, you know, seek her out and try to get us to cut her uh, to cook for us. Uh, several real former Real World members are in L.A. trying to be chefs. Who else? Um, trying to be a chef is very specific. Vegas won. Not uh, Irulan, but... Ar- Arissa? Arissa is, is a chef Interesting. In we can hire her to come to our house and, and oh. cook dinner. That'd be a great reality TV special. Right? Where are they now? Like Top Chef Cook-Off. Without question. Oh, that would be great. Again, free ideas were given. I I love it. Um, Leroy, who you mentioned as your favorite, he's back. It's great. He came with a pinched nerve. That's a real fighter. And let's discuss his job. Okay, thank you. Quote, I bartended for the Britney Spears show. Close quote. He also said, you may know her. She's kind of an icon. Then he said, also, I party and I do challenges. <laughs> so the Britney Spears show is only three nights a week. I've learned. Um, just so you know, Britney Spears makes like $50 million a year make, working three nights a week. As she should. Sure. She deserves it. Uh, did you read that long article about her in the New York Times recently? I, have, I did not, but I have been to the Britney Spears show. You in have? Vegas, and it's worth every penny. Really? Oh, it's fantastic. What's her best number? I did not know, by the way, that Leroy was working there. Yeah, you messed up. I, I, I didn't know that. I don't know how I didn't know this. <laughs> you couldn't see him. I would have spent so much more just to hang out with Leroy. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. I bet, like, I bet he only works at places where, oh, I guess Vegas is very, like, guys here, women here. Yeah. He probably only goes to, like, where it's all women. I feel like Leroy 
is is beloved by all. He transcends true. gender. It's true. He he is beloved. Like he everyone is. does love him. Wait, what was the best Britney Spears number? Like, what's your favorite Britney song? Uh, you just asked me two different questions. Sorry. Um, <laughs> toxic best number. Oh sure. Well, it's a good like dancers. I get it. Yeah. It was a good video too on the airplane. I think that's right. Yes, that was a good one. And so, I can't believe you went. I'm in awe. I, you look, I'm a big Vegas fan, and we can get to that. This you is part are? Of, part of why I oh, dislike this how, latest season of... How interesting. Yeah, so I, you know, and I and I like a good show. I like any... Me too, so I you, love pageantry. You, correct. I can, so you can convince me to do any show in Vegas. <laughs> I've been I'm dying to go to the Celine one. Vegas guest of all time. Because wow. if anyone wants to go to any show, yeah, I would go to I would go to any of them playing. I've heard Mariah's good too. I'm sure. Because she like comes in on like some weird jet ski or something like that. Any Because anyone that has a, a lengthy catalog of hits... And a flair for pageantry is going to be yeah. great in Vegas. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna be a great Vegas show. I wish that I had seen Shania Twain actually. Yeah, did not she, see her. She's like a weirdly underrated star, I think. If you look at her Wikipedia page, she's got so, Which I do. so many hits. It's a great Wikipedia page. I feel like she's an unsung hero of the nineties. Uh okay. So if you're going to Vegas, you know where to find Leroy. He's at the he's bartending for the Britney Spears show. Just incredible. Just, incredible i i that's you, just you everything may, i want from leroy you may also find me there now that i know that <laughs> just hanging out with leroy buying drinks um okay so everyone knows where to find you this is great uh we also have back nicole who's nani's cousin nicole also seems to have a new personality since we last saw her and she works at a strip club but not because she's a stripper she's a bartender there so what's the over under for how many challenges from now she is become a when she has become a stripper like two i would say and one. i would take the under I, I would take the under i yeah. feel like everyone's taken one <laughs> yeah I, th- I think so too also i like that she pointed out that her eyelashes don't fall off because she's got the good glue yes that was amazing Great. amazing right yeah so the challenge this week was like something involving heights and she was like you're like dangled over water it really doesn't matter what the challenge is i'm yeah. not even gonna explain it I heights think, and dangling which is always the challenge right yes and this is one of my thoughts on how to how to improve the show I think I'm over dangling over water challenges. No more height. Yeah, it's like they've uh, really exploited the fear of heights as far as it can go. I think so. And I, one thing I did notice, though, so, like, basically, there's, like, two beams. There's a risk of falling off. It doesn't really matter what happens. Don't worry about it. Correct. I, so then some of the girls fell off. And I noticed there were different, like, amounts of, um, like, length on their on the bungee cords. Oh, like, some were dangling a lot more than others. And that was really weird to me. I was like, is there a hierarchy here? Like, are they trying to induce fear from some but not others? Probably. It was so weird. The people they knew weren't scared, they probably didn't drop as far. Probably. Just because like, it there's takes no point. longer to get them back up. And yeah. so let's just get through it. Yeah, that was a great line from Nicole. That's, like, a, a, a top three line. She also is much more comfortable in front of the camera, it seems now. She's coming out of her shell a little bit though i thought i think she had a sneaky strong season last season yeah i thought she was pretty great yeah she went was it was it tony she went insane on yes she, yeah great moment yes i feel like and again anyone in the nani bloodline <laughs> i i feel like is is slated to be a star There's, like on, a, on just out of pure draft sure. uh sensibility i would take anyone with those same overlap genes <laughs> If you can get some of that fire, you got to hold question. on to it. Yeah. Just take the bet. Um, there are two bloodline pairings, Nani and Nicole, and then Johnny and Vince, who right. were put back together. And I feel like they, the production went out of their way to not show them together this time. Oh, you're smart. You're right. You're I did. Totally there right. was no shot with Nani with Nicole, and there yep. was no shot of Johnny with Vince, which I thought was kind of weird, but I guess they're just trying to, it's part of like the narrative building or something. It's good for the Nicoles and the Vinces of the world. Yeah. Because it's actually saying that they can now shoulder their own character absolutely it's a, it's it's a it's a display of trust vince's partner is jenna who is like 
a great challenge character and someone I would never, ever want to be around in real life. Yeah, I, I agree with both of those statements because she's great, though. When yeah, Jenna's on the screen, I'm like, oh, good, Jenna's here. Is she one of our greatest great. female athletes? Like, she's I, really good at challenges. And, and you know, she she I think she would describe herself as not the brightest yeah. person. But she's so good-natured yes. that you're just happy. She just makes me happy watching her. She just her. wants to have fun, jump in the pool. Yeah, she's, and she, she's a good time. She really is. Um, okay, last people to mention, Kellyanne is back. Uh, this is kind of like the like the, the undercard. Yep. The really important people who are back are Bananas, Sarah, Nani, and Wes. So let's just talk about Bananas first. Kay. Last scene, not what he got. He didn't even make it to the final last no. time. So his power, he's kind of like a in, like a LeBron right now. He needs to prove himself. He got got. Yes. Last twice. time. Twice. Hard. Yeah. You know, and so we'll see. We're, we, we may be witnessing the athlete. This might be Jordan on the Wizards. Yeah. Like this might be overstaying his welcome just a touch too long. It's true. But he did come out with a really strong toast this time. One of the best. Incredible. So one, this is something I've mentioned on podcasts before, but Johnny came to a Grantland party once. Really? And gave, yes. And gave like a sneak preview of his toast. And I, I didn't realize at the time, but it turned out to be like the word for word um, speech from Lone Survivor that is given in the beginning and like also in the trailer. It's like I'm a, he said like I'm a lover, I'm a fighter, uh, I'm a MTV Challenge Survivor, and I think it's like really like I'm a lover, I'm a fighter, like I'm a U.S. like Marine something something. <laughs> like he totally co-opted it, and it was a really good speech this time. And I meant to like write down the lyrics and Google them to figure out like what he was copying now because right. he's just not capable of we writing know it's those from speeches. Something, yeah, without but he, question. But apparently he's got like a great like toast inspiration board on pinterest because he is just he comes with the fire you know he's got good taste too yes and also last time i was very mad they showed like three toasts happening on on the first episode in the previous season they only showed johnny's this time which i was very happy about like let's you know give him his proper place as the toast master that's right he should host like the opposite of like a roast on Comedy Central, yeah, but, we, but like we great just toasts. Celebrate things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. By the way, I would pay Johnny to come just give toasts at like the next a, function. Maybe at the dinner that you're hosting, where Arissa is cooking, Johnny can give a toast. Yeah, or first day of shooting on any movie I do. <laughs> sure. Just have Johnny come That's and a say great like, idea. "Crew, gather around." Johnny's gonna say something. <laughs> From working on this I'm, lot. I'm dead serious, Johnny. If you're listening, how much? We can hook you up cost? with that. Great. He's a, he's a friend of the ringer. Great. Um, so Bananas is back, and he's really pissed at Sarah. He actually let Sarah fall. He kind of threw the challenge to allow his partner Sarah to like dangle off the ledge literally see here's here's the thing I feel like and tell me if you agree okay I feel like you could tell that Johnny and Sarah are drumming up conflict Mm -hmm. that they actually don't have the level of conflict but they know that this is what their characters are such pros they know that they need and I don't like it interesting they're they're too savvy right now the two of them in particular have always been very savvy they've always been ahead of of the curve in terms of knowing what sound bites to give? Everything feels very scripted. He he's the opposite of um, Jamie. Right. Like his sound bites are very crisp. They land. He knows what they land, but it, it it lacks the rough edges. He's kind of admitted that too. Like he For says, sure. like he knows how to work the cameras. He knows what's going to get him on. So, I mean, he's been on this so many times, and I, as far as I can tell, he doesn't do anything else. He is dating like a world class Olympic. Um, snowboarder named hannah teeter wow and he basically just like i think travels around with her great and also like post pictures with him of him with kevin with uh kenny and evan i just put their names together (laughs) and uh so i think he's just really dedicated to the challenge i think him not winning hurts his earn his like his income i think he probably relies on it i can't imagine he does anything else although i wonder what he gets for a club appearance now how much would you be willing to pay johnny to give a toast at your dinner (sighs) or sorry for if it's part of your budget for your first day of filming uh 
$125,000. Whoa. Sure. That's how much I would pay. That's not my, that's not the budget. That's just that's just you. Out of my pocket. Wow. Just to, just to see it happen. I would love to work on your set then. It sounds like you really I'm care about morale. I'm very generous. Yes. Um, so Johnny and Sarah are back. They might be milking it. Sarah, disappointed in her for coming back. I thought she was kind of beyond this. And I felt like she'd really grown. I thought we'd seen a full arc of her character from having a crush on Kenny to leaving the show, getting married. She has a full Etsy store you can buy stuff from. And now she's back. Like, were you just too, too free? Like, I don't understand it. Yeah, it, she's she's in that phase where it's over, Sarah, right. and you haven't accepted it yet. Yes. And and she will. Like there's a certain point where if you're married, you probably shouldn't be on challenges unless <laughs> yeah. you've married whereas like Brad and Tori, you can come on anytime. Right. Cuz you've married if you marry a fair a former challenge person, I'll take 5 sure. more years. Of but course. other than that, bring your kids. You shouldn't be there. It's not for you. Would you watch a family challenge? Like Robin has kids now. Jasmine is not on the show anymore because she just had a baby. Like, would you watch a challenge with kids? Like if they all like went to like Club Med and did the challenge there or something? I would watch it. I don't think I would like it. Okay. Do you, would <laughs> it be would good TV? I would watch every episode of it. Would it be good TV? Probably not. Because hmm. there's something about kids that makes it gross yeah you know? and also it would really like you know every bad decision they made with their like the repercussion would be like right in front of you right, you're just so you reminded. couldn't excuse it you, yes, couldn't, excuse you couldn't excuse it. it um we also got nani back who is like finally i don't know why it took her so long accepted that this is emotional and she's just gotta like give herself over to it i feel like she's given that speech every time yes and it takes exactly one episode for her to forget those yes. lessons like she just God bless her. I love yeah. her so much. She is fascinating. She's also a bartender, although it didn't come up, but I just know that about her. Great. And so I guess that's the family business. I don't think she's at a strip club, though. Um Yet. I wonder who she's going to hook up with, because there's not a lot of options for her. Like, I feel like she's been through a lot of people. And the new are, I, the new are you the one people I'm just really not that into, because I don't know them. Well, that's my question for you. Do I need to be watching Are You the One? Because I'm I not. Know. My brother watches it and okay. like, tries to convince me to, but I don't know. I'm just, I don't know if I have space in my heart for that. Well, it, it does feel like it is now it's an official. It's an official feeder. It is. As opposed to just one show that they grab somebody fun off of. Right. Which sometimes happens. Now it feels like, no, that show exists to feed the challenge. Right. So if that's the case. Maybe we have to. I have to. I love Dario. I'm really happy he's Your back. Your enthusiasm for Dario makes me love Dario. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And he's by the way, just... I want him and Nicole to date. Oh, yeah. Don't you feel like that? That would be great. That, that is a couple that will be fun to watch he just seems so misguided that it's incredible like he's delusional about himself yep he doesn't seem to get embarrassed that's the goal that's the golden quality for these shows like an inability to be embarrassed a lack of self-awareness yes which brings us very important let's just talk about tony let's just great we just have to like you we could have spent the last 25 minutes talking about tony Absolutely. we'll try not to spend 25 minutes on him but it's gonna be hard so tony is from uh real world skeletons chicago and i remember i remember specifically you know five minutes into his first episode going he is going to be a challenge godsend. <laughs> yeah. Like you could just tell right away he's just built for this. He is so ridiculous. So on the challenge, he immediately like, he hooked up with two of the girls in the house. Sorry, in, on the real world. One of whom was um, this woman, Madison, who he has since had a child with. They broke up because he cheated on her. And then they, she still got pregnant by him. And now they have a baby named Harper. And she's like four months old. So there's that to begin with. He, he cheated on her on camera. On camera. Yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. Two, with multiple people. Five minutes into the last season. Yes. Like he, he came in guns blazing. <laughs> yes. So, okay. So he's a dad. Great. Congrats, Tony. The miracle of life. 
Um, then it came out a couple weeks ago that one of the skeletons who appeared on the show, one of his ex-girlfriends that he was still like entangled with named Alyssa is also pregnant by him. And so he has another child on the way. He's going to be a father in two states, presumably. And he's got to stay on these shows for the child support. He yeah. needs the money. Tony, very virile. <laughs> very is, virile. Is the lesson here. And last time we saw him on one of these shows, he had, on the first night, impulsively, even though he was dating Madison, hooked up with Christina from Are You The One, who was also back. So that's like that's like where we're coming from with Tony. Okay, let me ask the female perspective. Okay. Because from my point of view, we have all... All every man has lost a girlfriend to Tony. Sure, sure. You know, like, and I don't mean there's a Tony out there. No, no, I mean actual Tony. <laughs> I mean we've all like there is something about Tony that people that women seem to find irresistible. Do you find this true or not? No. I, do, do you see what it is? Because clearly so. a cer- certain type of a woman finds think, Tony irresistible. Right. What is it about Tony? I think it's that Tony seems like he should be unavailable. Like he has so many options, okay. but he's actually incredibly available because he has no standards or not just no standards, but just d- likes everyone. Like he seems to like all women. It's true. So I he's think, an enthusiast. I think that the, like his availability is so surprising okay. that it wins over people like Jessica. That makes total sense. I th- that That's my right. take on Tony. And he literally seems to just like every single woman. Yep. Maybe every person, because he started doing like a ridiculous thing, which was Tony's top 13 girls, which he was like listing on a pad. So that must have been partially for the cameras, but he probably does that. As someone who ranks everything, I get it. Yep. So. Absolutely. And um, he was like, he was doing it with Jessica and he's like, number one is you, which I thought he was just saying to like, cause she was right there, but it seems like he likes her. No, let me, let me, let me dive deeper on oh, this. Oh, please do. Let's remember Jessica took a chastity vow. Oh, I forgot about that. She took that. a chastity vow. I totally she forgot about that. She is not going to sleep with anyone until she is married, which to Tony... Is a challenge. It's just a, it's just a, a yellow light saying, blow past. <laughs> Hit the accelerator and come right in here. Like, that, it could, that is the worst idea for Tony right? and for Jessica. But let's watch what happens. I, I mean, what's the over-under? I bet Tony sleeps with her in two episodes. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Two episodes, that chastity ring is coming off. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Thank you for the reminder. <laughs> Tony also said he was into Avery. It seems like everyone's into Avery all the time. Sure. And then he was like trying to be funny and like put bananas on his list. And so he just, I don't know if that was an act for the camera for Jessica or like just something Tony does. And it's hard for me to rule out the third option because I do make lists out of everything. Yeah. I, so I think he could objectively find bananas attractive. Sure. I know I do. Yeah, I think I'm, bananas I'm a straight looking great. Male, but I'd put him on my list. Bananas sure. is bulked down a little bit in a good way, and he looks more like a human. And I think he looks great. Got he has a nice shave, good haircut going on. Again, five time champ. Yeah, he's a five time champion. Can't deny the appeal of the belt. <laughs> good grooming for him. Um, so Tony's partner is Camilla, and Camilla was not excited about that. And Tony said, like in his own defense, she's only seen drunk, offensive Tony. Tony, that's all we've only seen. That's right. We've all only seen that from you. And he's like, she hasn't seen me compete. That's all we want to see, Tony. Let's be clear. I don't care if you're a good athlete. Yeah. Although he did have a strong showing in the actual challenge. He did? Yes. I don't even remember. That's how much the challenge actually registered. I I cannot remember anything other than people just repeatedly falling down on a rope. It was a 90-minute episode, and like 15 minutes were spent on the challenge, and that felt like too long. Too long. I wish I could have seen them going to a bar. They must have gone to a bar. That's, I'm sure Mexico has a lot of good options for that. I would, I would assume so. And it's also, I bet they save money on flights so they can put more money into the alcohol budget. True. They're not going anywhere too far. <laughs> um, yeah, the problem was Camilla is really short. Well, so one thing that they do on Survivor is that whenever there's a challenge, they tailor it to each person so there's no advantage, no physical advantage based on like a height or whatever. Right. 
on this, they did not do that. So like, too much work. Yeah, yeah, it was way too much. Too much work for them. You're totally right. I think that's right. So like Jenna won, and Camilla did not win. Um, many people did not win, but Camilla among them because she's just really short. She's too short. This this definitely not really fair. It, it was not fair. I guess it's they just don't like care. they don't care. Yeah, they yeah. really must not. Um, and like Camilla's shortness really came up because. Tony was next to her and also next to Cheyenne at one point. And he just looked like a giant. And I was like, how do they find all these women under five feet? That's like hard to do. That's right, because I don't get the sense Tony's a giant. No, I don't think so. I think he's like regular size. He's a solid. He's like a six footer. I think that's probably right. Yeah. Um, So he got into a fight with Cheyenne. She kept yelling. She was mad at him for claiming that she said she wanted to hook up with him or with someone. And she kept yelling at him, if you ever lie on me. And... Is that a phrase construction you've ever heard before? No, but it, it's one that I will use from now on. Sounds if you good. ever lie on me, <laughs> which was also so funny because she was mad at him for like making a sexual innuendo. And then she kind of was doing that as well unintentionally. That was great. It was really weird. Because she also said, I know where you eat and I know where you sleep. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't remember her, but I guess she no, was, I don't she wasn't been voted off like the first season. Yeah, which which usually happens with rookies. Usually rookies are the first to go, so you have to show up a couple of seasons before I'll I even know your name. Yeah. I, I was just so happy that Tony was here, and they gave him, Camilla, a good partner, I think partially to ensure that he stays for a while. Yes. Because he, he got hurt on the last challenge, and the one before that, he was a rookie, so he was voted off. And, like, we need a lot of Tony. I think it's going to be a good season, but, like, Tony is integral to it being a great season. Right. There's a couple people, if they go early... I'm going to be super bummed. Yeah. Like I think Johnny also and Sarah like is like a stacked team and I'm sure that was intentional. It's almost too stacked though. Right. Like yeah. That, that team's going to be tough if they do not take bananas out early, which I'm always shocked that teams don't do. I know. It's always shocking that you don't go right after bananas. He must be fun. Cause like, why else would you keep him around? I think that's part of it. I think part of it is what happens when you're not on the show. Right. That he's the ambassador. You get the better club appearances. If right. Johnny is your friend. Right. So you're going to, it's going to hurt your earning. It's like a rising tide lifts all boats. Correct. And Johnny Bananas is the tide. And if Johnny hates you. You're screwed. Right. He's, uh, he's, he's Jordan and this is the uh, dream team. And, right. and you don't want to be Isaiah. <laughs> right. Like you do not want, he will nix you. So I think there's part of that. Like he's, you, you don't want to go after him. But the sad part is you have to go after him to win. I wonder if Tony and Johnny can go, can coexist. They're very different. Even though they're they're both like good for the TV show, they're very different types of characters. Tony is just dumb. He He's makes dumb. dumb, inexplicable decisions that are bad for his own life. Like it's like he almost sabotages himself. Yeah, but that's what makes him such great television. It's true because he will never have Johnny's self awareness. Right. Like I never feel like Tony's delivering a soundbite. Right. I feel like he's just talking. Right. And the first thing that popped in his head is what he said, and that's what I want. Johnny's like the narrator, and Tony is sort of like the star. Yep. Johnny's like Nick Carraway, and Tony's our great our Jay Gatsby. <laughs> correct. That is the correct. <laughs> Do you think analogy? Tony's ever heard of the Great Gatsby? No. <laughs> There's just no, no way. No. <laughs> he's probably. I wonder like how many books he has read in his life do you think it's under 20 without question <laughs> i will bet my fortune on it. <laughs> all the money you're going to give to johnny for giving all a toast that money can go to tony if you're wrong yeah without question I'm, who do you think is most likely to be the one who gets kicked off that tone that that disappoints tj oh, that's a good question tony's got to be in the conversation i think it could be dario who i really who i dario absolutely that let's let's come up with our top five on the woman side Camilla? Maybe Cheyenne from what I saw Cheyenne, last night. Yeah, somebody could go really it's all about crossing some sort of line. I don't think Camilla. She doesn't like she gets really upset, but she doesn't get violent. I, I feel it, like it's gotta be true. something violent. I think or right. like something really stupid. Right. 
one one argue the one guy who really stood out to me was Brandon, who apparently on the show had a relationship with blonde Christina. Yes. And now has a girlfriend that seems like she's programmed all of his responses. I believe he also had a relationship with another girl on the show. Yes. Alex as well. Yes, he did. Yeah. And it seemed like the girlfriend, his current girlfriend said, you are not allowed to be paired with Christina. Yeah. Under any circumstances. Right. That was the obvious pairing. Right. And so he's with Brianna who doesn't like him. Yep. They, but they seem like they're going to hook up to me. They seem like they have that kind of like tension. That's my, my most likely for team cest is them. I think you're right. And I'm excited about it. I have to say, <laughs> normally I'm not excited for an Are You The One member. No. When these shows Except start. Except for Dario, but, Yeah, course. but this season I'm sort of excited about it. I feel like it's a strong You're group. welcoming them into your heart. I like it. I am. I, look, I, I want the best for them, always. <laughs> you want the best for the franchise. And if that's Are You The One, we have to get behind it. We've got, I, I learned, it took, you know, years to learn. Sometimes the best talent doesn't come from the real world. Sometimes it comes from fresh meat. It's true. You know, like sometimes it comes from these new places. And fresh you go, meat's given us so much. That's right. Um, and so you never know. Tell me about this real world season, because I'm not watching it. It's in Las Vegas yeah. again, right? And this look, I am a I'm a the part of the reason we're here talking is because I'm such a real world fan. Yes. I, I I would argue that Real World is one of the greatest television shows in the history of television. And so it hurts me to say this. Yeah. It, it is said with love, but I think this is one of the worst real world seasons. Well, it's really been buried. It's been on an it's eleven re- on MTV on Wednesdays, Tuesdays. It's really bad. I think they know it's bad. Isn't there like someone on it who's like a, just like objectively racist and like very open about it? No, I mean, she's just young. Oh, okay. They're ma- that's they're making that the storyline. Interesting. But she's just young and from the south and says it says the occasional thing that sounds bad. But it's it it fits the very real world paradigm uh-huh. of. We're from different worlds and we say things, but we learn by the end. That's clearly what's happening. I like her. Sure. You know, you can tell she makes mistakes. The problem is it's just boring. Right. The show's just boring. Interesting. Do they have a job? Uh, no. And part of the problem is I, I believe that the other two real world seasons are two of the best in history. I feel like sure. I feel like Vegas has a has a booyah base that creates great <laughs> real world seasons. It, you have it's to so work true. really hard to make a bad real world season. It's really, it's very true. The first one was with, um, Steven Alton and Erlon and all of them. Yep. And when they were like, that was like the, that was acknowledged as one of the most important real world seasons when Without everything question. kind of like changed basically. They, you felt like they made the change to go from all the time, social awareness yeah. to let's just get kids in here who are going to sleep with each other and party. Totally. And and now they kind of jump back and forth between the two on yeah. that dial. But that first Vegas was just... It was wild. It was Steven wild. and Trishel. It, it was a great season. And then Alton turned out to be one of the greatest challenge competitors of all time. Absolutely. Until he sullied his legacy. But that's okay. We'll just ignore that. Um, the body starts to shut down. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. And then the other one was with Dustin and Heather... Nani, Adam, Adam Royer. Royer. Yeah. I really believe it's the best season of all time. Do you love Vegas as a city to visit or as just like a place for reality television? Uh, all of the above. Interesting. Yeah. I do not like Las Vegas. See, I'm, not... I'm, a, I'm a compulsive gambler. You are? So Interesting. that helps. What's, so, your, what's your game? What, what do you got? And anything? Any, I will gamble on anything. That's why. Really? That's how you and I yeah, know each how other. We, yeah, from Survivor Pool. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I, frankly, I owe my career to gambling on reality television. Are you good at it? Hmm. No, but I'm fun. What's like, your? I recognize that pools like this. Your job isn't really to win. Yeah. Your job is to be the a fun member of the collective. Sure. As opposed to the person that is a real bummer. We've <laughs> all competed with the person who's a bummer. Don't be the person in the pool that's a bummer. What's your um like origin story with betting on reality TV? So I um 
Survivor season one. Oh, wow. Comes on. Yeah, yeah. Deep cut. Well, I, you look, it's I, the I year a, 2000. It is. So, and I'm in a PA. Okay. Right? I'm a production assistant on um, a, a floor where everyone has development deals in television. So it's all these TV writers. Okay. Right? And I know I want to be a writer, but I'm very naive and I'm from New Mexico and, and I don't, you know, know how to do this. But they sort of liked me and sure. I, I would do all the jobs no one wanted to do. And I, I also loved, I was an early fantasy football adopter. You know, we were doing it in high school when there was no internet, when you'd add cool. it up in the box scores. Oh my God. So I was constantly looking for ways to draft things. I love, my favorite thing in the world is to do a draft of any kind. Really? So Survivor Season 1 starts, <laughs> and, or uh, finishes, and it's it's a phenomenon. It's hard yeah. now to really remember. It's pretty cool to go back and read about Survivor it, Season 1. It was the last sort of gasp of the old television yeah. where everyone in the world was watching the same thing in real time. Right. And so it really, when Richard Hatch won, it changed the world. It changed how narrative television, our approach to narrative television, it changed what you thought as a viewer could happen. Cause sure. you never thought, saw a villain win right. the way Richard Hatch won. You never saw that happen. And so it was, it was really exciting. It was really exciting to me. And so when season two came around, I said, I bet we can draft. I bet we can figure out how to make <laughs> fantasy survivor. So I went into the office there and I just started putting up everyone's pictures on the board. I made a draft board. And what happened was all of the producers started walking by and they'd say, what is this? This looks exciting, you know, because survivor was really in the zeitgeist yeah. at the time too. And I just explained, oh, here, we're going to do a game and we're going to have a draft. And, and they started arguing right away. Like, oh, well, clearly you want Colby. Clearly you want this. And I said, come join the fun. And so all of those people joined. Marty Knoxon was one of them oh, who who works on this on this lot, in fact. Who I love, and so I got to know her through that. And she said, "Drew, you seem fun. Let me read your stuff." Cool. And she read my stuff and said, "Why don't you come work at Buffy?" So that's how I got my job at Buffy. That's but amazing. It was through gamble. I mean, look, when people ask how do you get how do you, how do you get ahead in Hollywood, my best advice is, <laughs> and you can't just get be good at your job. Be good at your job. You, that's a given. Mm-hmm. But also try to make other people's lives better too. So right. try to come up with the things that don't don't be told to go make a survivor pool. Just do it. Right. Just do it. And right. they'll, they'll start looking around and go, let's keep doing this. Right. This is fun. So, it's like the fun thing people didn't know they wanted. It, it, it's true. That's right. That's exactly right. And that, so then we've done that every year since then. Right. And that has ballooned up into a point. I don't even know if I've told you this. So 10 years ago, one of the, it's now a group of screenwriters mostly who do this mm-hmm. and every, whoever loses has to buy the dinner and that has been oh, nice. too because everyone's trying to stick each other. The bill is always outrageous <laughs> and we go to these crazy restaurants and order whatever and it, it's fun. And one year they, they told Jeff Probst about, somebody told Jeff Probst. Oh my he God. He showed up to surprise us. That's incredible. And delivered our trophy. Whoa. And now he had so much fun at the dinner. Now he comes every year to our dinner. That is so cool. And we just ask him survivor questions. He's amazing. So if if you have questions for Probst, just let me know. I'll get the answer. This is blowing my mind. He's like one of the most underrated talents across fields, like ever to be alive. Without question. He is so good at what he does. The fact that he does not just win the Emmy every year outright. It's outrageous. It's just fatigue. They should like name an Emmy after him. Without question. He is so good at like the play-by-play. And the way he like modulates his voice. It's amazing. And now Drew, he's making a comeback. Like, That's right. Like, even, even if he has, like, PAs or, like, producers, like, in his earpiece telling him where to look, he's still, like, ad-libbing all you of it. You can't fake that. Yeah. Like, you can't fake that. Not for this long. That's amazing. Like, that's him. That yeah. is all him. And he really, like, he's really fun to talk to, especially if you love the show, which I love Survivor. Yeah, I do, too. And so he, he'll really 
talk to you about how they make the show. And the more I learn about it, the more impressed I am with the show. I already consider to be one of the great television shows of all sure. time. Sure. The production on it is incredible. It's incredible. And from like someone who has like production experience, it must be like really fascinating to think about. It's gorgeous. Yeah. That show, that's the other thing. Like when you watch other reality shows, nothing looks like Survivor. Survivor I remember when they the... went to um, HD for Survivor Gabon and I was like, wow, these are great shots of the animals. It's really hard when they cut back two shots of season one and two yeah. when they weren't in HD. It yeah. looks rough. You're like, oh, this is how we used to behave as a civilization, and I don't care for it. I know. It's funny when you go, like, um, I, I love Gilmore Girls. And so when I watch that now, I, they've, they've made it look good for Netflix, but if you watch like, a syndicated it's version, hard. it looks really bad. It's hard. It's funny, and that show's not even that old. And I'll, I mean, I like I was like obsessed with every WB show, basically, including Buffy. So I just it's funny when you go back and look at them, they just they look so different than the way TV's made now. It's as jarring as black and white to color. Yeah. Like, it really is that, that big a jump now it's, when you look at the quality. That's so funny. What are some of your other favorite reality shows? Well, Survivor and Real World, to me, are the... yeah. Are the they're gold, the, the OGs. That, that they're the OGs, and they're yeah. the ones that I still keep up with. I think right now, in terms of new kid on the block, it's Vanderpump. It's amazing. I mean, Van- Vanderpump is the one. It's Vanderpump incredible. might be the best show on television right now. It, it also, um, sort of like The Bachelor, has gotten a lot more popular more recently. Yes. Like, The Bachelor's been on for forever, and right now it's probably like the peak of its popularity, I think. And at least maybe it has to do with the internet or something. But Vanderpump has been on for like four or five years now. And I think this past season, it really like hit a cultural touchstone where it was just mainstream. I think that's right. I'm I on think like it's... a crazy email chain with like 30 people that like don't even know each other that just talk about Vanderpump rules, even in the off season. Yeah, it's just, I think it's just the quality, quite honestly. Yeah. Like it's really, it just steps its game up every season and it's getting, it's phenomenal. My only problem with it is it makes me feel sad about L.A., I see. It, that's interesting because I actually, it makes me love LA. It does. Yeah. But I know what you're saying because to me, it is the best depiction of LA that that has been on, on the air I without guess. question. Like it is, it shows what LA is really like. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean how they think they're presenting LA. I mean the reality of what's actually happening. Sure, like people who move here to become actors and or models. And talk about all their big breaks and even get a reality show. And so there's this meta game of, oh, they're getting four grand an episode. So that's actually their job. Right. But they think in their brains, this is their big break. Right. And so the, the facade holds, right. Like we are still watching LA for what it is, yeah. which delights me. And when you like read an interview with, with Schwartz or Tom Sandoval, they are like really invested in their other careers. Like Tom Sandoval really cares about his band and like the music videos he's right. making. And his most recent music video, dare I say, not too bad. Not too bad. But I would never have seen it were it not for Vanderpump Rules. So, so there is, it, look, it's possible. Sure. It's possible to break out of the reality show world. Sure. It's just very, very, very difficult. The thing that's weird, weird about Vanderpump, and I don't want to sound like an ageist, but like Tom Sandoval is like old for this. Like he doesn't have like a long career in music ahead of him. He's like, he's mid thirties. Which is true. I mean, that's, I think that that's, how you would find people that will go on Vanderpump. That's true. You know, like you have to be, you have to have tried the other thing and didn't, it didn't work out for you. Right. There's an aged, there's a Kevin Costner and Bull Durham feel of this is your last run Mm -hmm. and you better bring it. Uh, Have you been to Sir? Uh, I have. The food is, is medium. The food is medium, but, but Peter being the manager. I know. And James actually being the DJ there and, or seeing Tom in the back smoking is worth, 
I'll eat this shitty food. <laughs> there's yes. um a parking lot. Like it's hard to park in West Hollywood. Very hard. And there's a parking lot behind it, yep. basically, where you then it's the best place. It actually works out really well. Like don't valet when you go to Sir. Use that public lot because then you can like see the environment where they're having their fights in the back. It's so great. It's great. And it actually they're actually there. Yeah, they're Which really tells are. me they're not making that much from the show. Apparently, like Jax only bartends one night a week now because it gets too crazy. The fact that he's still doing it. I know. At all. I know. It was so sad when Jax's mom came to visit this year. It, 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 there was a feeling of reality intruding here. And also, like, sad. why hadn't she come before? And is she happy with her son's life? I don't know. Like, while I love it as television, the, like, real human element. Like, their apartments are so terrifying. They're so dirty. So, yeah, part of why I love the show is Katie and Tom live in the apartment next door to where I used to live oh when, my I was, God. when I was a PA. And so it's fun to just see my street. Like it, uh, if this show has really it changed? has, no, <laughs> that's, what's crazy. This, everything looks exactly the same. And this is now 20 years ago. Wow. And so it's like, this is LA. This is, you know, people, uh, uh, deluded people trying to make it <laughs> and, but just going to clubs, that's Los Angeles. And it, delights me if only they had started a reality fantasy league for their office maybe they could be doing better correct then they could have worked on Buffy Sandoval I got some advice for you so what's the I'm gonna ask you a few questions about your career great this is now now you're the reality tv person okay I'm on it what's like the thing that people are most passionate about that you've worked on because you've got a lot you've got Buffy you've got Lost Angel now you've got The Martian which I think will be a movie that people love forever yeah I mean that's The Martian certainly The Martian was the first one that I said to my mom, mom, I finally done something that you can tell your friends to go see. <laughs> Cause usually I do something like cabin in the woods and my mom would tell, she's like, I got all my friends together and we're going go to watch it. Know. I'm like, mom, please do not show that movie to your friends. <laughs> but like, what about Jesse Williams? The greatest. Who right? doesn't love Jesse Who Williams? Who doesn't love Jesse Williams? <laughs> I can't believe our cast. Yeah. We had Hemsworth. I know. Had, it's yeah, incredible. It's the greatest. Um, but yeah, so Martian is definitely the biggest, the widest tent, I uh-huh. suppose. Buffy fans will always, I mean, admittedly, I'm biased. Sure. I love Buffy. Sure. That's my first. And so Buffy fans will always be the the most passionate. I think Buffy probably changed the most lives, which is, which mm-hmm. means something. Like you, people come up to you and they're genuine about that. And that means a lot. But um, but no, look, I've been really lucky. Yeah. I've worked on a lot of things that I'm, I'm certainly proud of. What was it like to be like in the lost vortex when that was happening? Because you worked like, in seasons three, four. Yeah, but I, I did. I, I think I wrote my first episode season one. Oh, you did? Yeah. Alias and, and Lost were in the same building. Right. And so I would just I would just walk around and say, hey, can I help? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because I loved that show right away. Um, And so and so it, it was fun. It was it was interesting because right before that I had been on angel mm-hmm. which was the lowest rated of anything i've been on and so the network just left us alone and i would say that the angel the last angel season creatively is the strongest season sure. i've ever been a part of like just from just when i look at the the writing of it i go this is our best written season of anything and and then lost comes on and it's such a gargantuan hit i know such it- a gargantuan hit and the meddling the amount of meddling that we would face every single day it, it, it just reminded That's fascinating. me, be careful what you wish for. Uh-huh. Angel, they just left us alone. They didn't care. Right. And I think we did our best work. And then Lost was Lost was a joy. But it was hard because what happens is when you become a big hit, everyone wants to now have their say in it. Right. And they don't trust that, no, let the let the creatives do their thing. So That's it, so it was fascinating. Tricky. It's hard to imagine a show also like having that same level of like, like I feel like similar to Survivor, people were like, "Whoa, with Lost." It, it was, was of a time. I mean, yeah. as we as we get more 
diluted sure. in television, which is I think is a great thing. Yeah, there's so it's much good TV out harder there. To do that, it's it harder. is crazy. Um, so I asked you before we started recording if you like disco music because sure. of the disco music in The Martian. <laughs> Did you? I haven't read the book, but I loved the movie. The, Did you write the the disco stuff in, or is that part of the it's, original? It's part of the book. Like, oh, interesting. But, but I got to pick. Oh, cool. Which is fun. So that was. <laughs> That's the fun part is playing the disco music and going, well, this would go well with this scene. And this That's would go so well. funny. And, uh, and then Ridley changed some of them too. And he, he picked some great ones too. So it was, but that was, that to me, that was what clicked. That was when I wanted to do The Martian. Uh-huh. When, I, when I was driving around in my car playing, I think it was Don't Leave Me This Way. Uh-huh. And I went, which didn't make it in the movie, but I went, oh, this is the movie. Oh no, it was Waterloo. When I played Waterloo and thought, oh, he could destroy his spaceship to Waterloo. This is this will go together. This, That's so this funny. This is the tone. So I went in and I, I played it and said, this is the tone of what we're talking about. Because the studio was very scared of space at the time. Really? Because it was before Gravity. So there wow. hadn't been a hit. Interesting. There hadn't been a hit that wasn't like a genre hit, like a, a Star Wars, Star Trek type uh-huh. hit. They thought that this would it was going to tank. And I said, no, no, we're going to make it fun. Don't worry. I can't think of anyone other than Matt Damon who could like really carry a movie like that. He was incredible. I, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not supposed to say this. I guess I can say it, but <laughs> we, you know, you make the list of who it could be. Uh-huh. And he was the only name on the list because you needed someone who you would believe is a rocket scientist. Right. first. You needed someone who could be funny and who could break your heart and is worth, you know, the hundreds of millions of dollars that this movie's going to cost. Right. So you need someone who can do all of these things. And that I've just whittled down the list. It's now Matt Damon. Right. He was, and he was like incredible. And it, it just, it must've been fun as a screenwriter and obviously correct me if not, but like he, because it's just one guy for so much of it, you really are very aware of the script because it's just one person doing dialogue basically. And he was amazing. And it was also just made, it was like a fun watch. Like I had a great time watching it. Oh, that's nice to hear. No, he definitely <laughs> made me look good for sure. Like I would, <laughs> Highly recommend if you're a screenwriter getting Matt to do your movie. They'll think you're a better screenwriter. Are you sure. into space in general? For sure. Tate over here. It's like his main interest. Really? We talk Tate. about space so frequently. Tate and I shared an office for two months. Okay. And we talked about space like pretty much every day. And yeah, we just, we talked a lot, a lot of interstellar talk as well. Okay, great. And some gravity. But uh, yeah, we just, we love space at the ringer. We are always, <laughs> Tate wants to live a hundred years on Mars. I love it in this room. It's very warm. <laughs> It's funny. Um, anything you want to tease coming up? I mean, I feel like you are one of the busiest people. Yeah. I've been trying to get you to do this podcast for like 18 months. I'm so glad. Well, part of it was we needed to wait till we had the event. It's true. We and needed the, the challenge. challenge is, you know, and it was it. We got a good episode this week. Kickoff of the challenge to me is almost as good as the Super Bowl. That's how much, that's how I much I look forward to it. It is really, really I exciting. I really look forward to it. So I was really excited. One, but, one thing I really liked about this episode, which I forgot to note, was that new idea which i am so pro it's two-pronged one is they had people come in at different times so yes. like johnny arrived first so that was very interesting that That's was right. more real world than challenge and it then the anticipation yes. which is great who's coming exactly who, who do i get and then on a related note he goes into the bedrooms there's like a gigantic bedroom with beds of different sizes that was an incredible touch that was great that was whoever thought of that whatever pa was like you know what or like maybe they just didn't couldn't get all beds the same size whatever it was it was so funny and it's like a great wrinkle to think about them interacting in the house that way i think about it far too much because i also my fairness you know my inner fairness alarm always gets bothered when people pick their rooms without mm. everyone there. But that's clearly the... They want that. But now they want that. And so that means the producers know that. And they have decided that Johnny gets first pick, right? Because right. they're sending him in that house first. That's not by accident. Right. They, that, they're they sending people in, in the house based on 
call times. Like sure. they figured this out. And so that's a whole other game. Like who are they sending in the last? That's probably the least important or a heavy hitter right. to bring up the rear. But that person's getting a bad bed. Notice that the way they planned it led to Tony being put with all the women. Amazing. That's not by accident. That's <laughs> just, why, like, that is not incredible. by accident. They, they, that was planned, <laughs> by the way. They knew if all the women go down to that room, we'll save room for one guy, Centonian. There, there's no question in my mind. In summation, the logistics coordinator of the challenge is our MVP of, of the first episode. Great job. Uh, Andrew, you're the MVP of this podcast. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. I'm going to uh, beg you to come back another time. Please. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. This has been Channel 33. Don't forget to check out After the Thrones on HBO Go, HBO Now, HBO On Demand, and even actual HBO. That is our friends Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald's post show for Game of Thrones, and that is on Mondays. So check that out. And subscribe to all of our other podcasts, NBA Show, NFL Show, Shack House, Bill Simmons Pod, and Keeping It 1600.